0: Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host Brandon David. Thank you so much for joining us. You're here to hear about startups, about entrepreneurship, about raising money, about investing in companies, in startups, in public companies. More on that coming soon. Uh, today's episode I'm really, really excited about. Um, it's Irfan, the CEO of the Flower Agency, which is a company that behind the scenes I've been working on a lot lately. They're solving what is a huge problem, one of the last major problems in the cannabis industry, which is digital marketing. It's so hard. There's no Instagram, there's no Facebook, there's no SEO, there's no SEM. I guess there's some SEO. It's very tricky. ERFON Solution is amazing. The flower agency is fantastic. Everybody needs to know about it. Uh, I'm really excited to have them as a partner on the show. You're going to be hearing a lot more about them. This is a fascinating discussion all about marketing. What's working? What's not working? If you're a brand, if you're a dispensary, if you're a delivery company, uh, it's a great episode, guys. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Let's just set the stage a little bit here. What is the Flower Agency?
1: Yeah, so the Flower Agency is a full service digital marketing agency, um, pretty much servicing you know your lifestyle cannabis as well as um, CBD hemp brands, uh, helping them with customer acquisition, awareness, and branding, uh, which is very very important uh, in this day and age uh, where we're headed with the whole cannabis market. So. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 you know, how it started was, you know, my, my business partner, Harrison and I, we, we've been working together for over, I would say eight years over, you know, a few different companies, agencies. And I was personally studying the cannabis market, uh, for a very long time. I just did not know when and where to enter, Um, and you know, I living on the East coast, I didn't have as much exposure to what the brands were doing. I wasn't getting hit by the ads, but back in 2019, I was on a business trip in LA, uh, Harrison and I were just driving around town, picking up, you know, hitting up different dispensaries. And I kind of started brainstorming some ideas, asking, you know, people at the dispensary, um, how they're marketing their products, what they're using, what are the restrictions. That definitely piqued my interest. And that's where we just started the conversation to maybe, you know, kind of understand all the restrictions. And there has to be a way to uh, arm these advertisers, these brands, these retailers um, to very efficiently target their audiences. So that's how it all came about back in 2019.
0: Yeah, no, it's a great story. And look, the the best companies are founded by people that have real domain expertise. And 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 you guys have done this for years and years with really really large budgets for for a lot of customers that that people would know. You know, I don't know if I can say them on the on this show. Sure, sure but, you can.
1: <laughs> uh, StubHub,
0: right? StubHub. Yeah, we have StubHub.
1: Yeah, we've got StubHub. Uh, I've helped Spotify launch with their customer acquisition strategy. Um, I was working with Grubhub for the longest time uh, for their lead generation efforts, um, your Ubers of the world. Um, yeah. So, you know, and we, we saw an average budget that you would manage, you know, monthly or yearly, whatever, for one of those kinds of clients. <laughs> um, so it, w- it would range anywhere between $250,000 a month to over $2 million a month. Right. So yeah. For people
0: listening to the show, I think it's really important to understand where we are in the cannabis industry and think about the size company you would need to be to spend $2 million a month on marketing, right? I mean, give or take, I, I, I don't know, it depends on your philosophy, but marketing should be somewhere in 10 to 15% of revenue, I think, in a lot of businesses. That's kind of give or take, depending on right. you know, depending on the business and everything. Obviously, it's a wide range, but think about what that means. You know, um, I'm, I've never been that great at math, but it's a big number.
1: <laughs> right, right, and and you know, it's 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 all a. I think it's it's a matter of the, the gray area where cannabis stands, and you know, there are a few um, big corporations that have that power. But you know, most most cannabis brands are kind of in a flux, right? So they're they're either trying to raise money, they're either going through their series A or they're a mom and pop shop. Um, and they're they're very different school of thoughts that are coming into play there of how to manage their money and how to market, you know, because it's it's such a foundational question for us in this industry right now. Um, And that's
0: why I was excited to get involved, because I think it's a real problem that really a lot of founders create uh, solutions for problems that don't exist. Right. And that's one of the most frustrating things as an investor or as an operator, or as an employee is just like, Okay, great. We raised a lot of money. So what? Like, are we doing anything here? And the thing about the flower agency is I believe in a world where you can't have LinkedIn and you can't have Facebook and you can't have Instagram and, you know, it's hard. SEO is hard. What do you do? What do you do? Well, I think this is what you can do. We've got a number of customers right now it's working for them, right? And and I think this is a powerful thing. I'm not a pitch man, you know. I'm very selective about who I sponsor and who I who I let come on this show. But like, there are some foundational technologies. Like uh, everybody on the show knows that Onfleet. I'm very close to Onfleet. I'm very close to Headset, right? Like you guys, I think are that important piece. How do you drive traffic to a delivery menu? How do you do that? How do you do that? You have to <laughs> get traffic from somewhere, right? Right, Actually, right. I should put that question to you. How do you do
1: that? Yeah. So I mean, let's let's uh, take a step back. So, so <laughs> you know, when 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 we were when we were starting the flower agency, you know, obviously we we're coming from the mainstream world, working for these big brands or you know startups that are just launching, um, and you know, it was easy, right? It was competitive, but it was easy. Um, you had no restrictions, um, you, you, the only thing was, you know, most of these players wanted to geo target and look at their performance metrics. So we're like, all right, this is, we've done this, done this, been there. Let's, let's try to find a market, which is super challenging. And that was obviously cannabis. And we both were super interested in, in that. And, you know, we, we studied all the restrictions. We saw what the players were doing in the market who were, who were trying to help these a mom and pop brands, or even, you know, to series A, series B sort of startups. And there was no accountability, right? Um, they would, a lot of these players would take your money. Um, and and we actually got seats on a lot of DSPs. You know, we worked with some marketing agency just to kind of get some competitive analysis on what exactly they were doing. And there was no accountability whatsoever. It was done in a very, you know, perfunctory way where they would take your money, you know, you'll spend $10,000, you don't see results and then they're like oh you should have spent 50k uh <laughs> and to make this work what so let's kind of renew your budget you're like all right uh, i i don't think we need to do that let's let's kind of handle our client's money like it's our own and let's come up with different solutions you know let's not be like hey i'm just a programmatic vendor uh if this is not going to work out for you um you know find something else to do you know we we want to be a strategy consulting firm we we want to kind of do all the handholding, manage their budgets, and bring different solutions to the table. And we we want to show results, right? We're we're, we're com- we both are coming from a more performance marketing background, so we want to set certain KPIs and goals. And when you set those KPIs and goals, how do you how do you measure success? So for a dispensary or for a brand, obviously this is kind of driving sales, like how many people saw their ad, and how many people interacted with their ad and then made a purchase, but not just that. Also look at the LTV, you know, how many people are coming back? What's the engagement like throughout the month? Um, What's your churn rate and how we can minimize that? So we, we started asking all these questions. We started coming up with solutions to address those. And for us, I mean, you know, tracking and just kind of connecting the dots, that's been the most important piece. And doing it in a more holistic fashion. So incorporating different channels within the mix. Um, to your question, um, you know, how do we, how do we track that? Obviously we have different integrations with different POS systems, your Janes and Dutchies uh, of the world. And um, what we're pretty much doing is, you know, once a user sees our ad or interacts with the, you know, the brand's ad, we're trying to link that back to um, take me a take purchase. me through the
0: let, let's just use examples right so yeah. take me through sort of the life the 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 user journey here right so uh, I am first interact with a flower agency generated ad when where would I see that Uh where how would that happen
1: so you know as you know. Because of all these restrictions on Google and Facebook, you're not going to see the ads there. You might, and I'll tell you later how and where. But you know, we work with over seven thousand publishers, so you know these are our and, and, and our old, whole philosophy is you know most of the and after cannabis becoming legal, most of the um, people are not on cannabis endemic you know platforms or sites. Um, they're not. I mean, those are your hardcore you know cannabis users we are going after your everyday mom, your doctors, your lawyers, who would be on Condon Nast or on TripAdvisor or Food and & Wine. And boom, they're reading an article. And if they're within a certain zip code uh, that that dispensary or uh, the brand wants to target, you know, our, their ad will show up on Condé Nast. Uh, and that's how we're making it work. Um, outside, outside of that, we're also um, doing social Um, but in a very compliant manner. We've seen people do it it in a shady way where the accounts are getting shut down. But we ended up partnering with a broadcast station uh, which is solely focused on cannabis news and cannabis content. And what we can do through um, the nature of that content, we can actually amplify any sort of ads on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.
0: What's up, guys? If you're really digging this marketing discussion and you want to go even deeper, Wednesday at 2 PST Pacific, uh, me and Irfan and the director of marketing at Blaze Software, uh, we're going to go really in depth in kind of a clubhouse environment, right? It's Twitter spaces, which is like clubhouse, but better. Uh, You can go to my Twitter, which is B. David. So crave it Wednesday at 2. And we're going to get into the weeds. Pun intended. Let's get back to the episode, guys. Thanks. I want to take one step back to the programmatic for a second because sure. it's not the simplest thing to wrap your head around. And uh we've been talking about it, you know, a couple times a week for for a year, um, which has been very enlightening for me and very, very cool. But so I'm let's just use a real stereotypical, you know, uh pers- persona here, right? You know, I'm a soccer mom, I'm 37 years old, I've got two kids, um, and I'm on uh yeah, I'm on uh, foodandwine.com. Sure. I'm, I'm looking up uh, brie recipes for brunch on Sunday. And boom, I get hit with this ad
1: and it says what? So it also has to be relevant, right? So so how we do it, we create those audience profiles. So, you know, working with a brand like Can, you know, if they, and we help them launch their D2C, which is a little different than, you know, doing co-branding with retailers and I can get into that. Um, the the, the beverage company, exactly. Uh Um, and you know, they've been a great partner. Um, and you know, so they had certain audience profiles. So first, you know, they, they wanted to target women, um, or certain age group, uh, have certain interest level and psychographic or behavioral, um, personas and, you know we actually went after those people and you know we were only placing ads if they were contextually relevant to the consumer so not you know if if someone's reading food and wine we would not just show an ad for a flower product that you know most of their readers might not be interested in so it's just about matching the publication to Okay so brand. I'm
0: 37 my so, name is Brittany I live in Venice and I am looking at this brie recipe, I get an ad for CAN, the, the CAN looks absolutely adorable, just super cute. And yeah. so I click on
1: it, right? Where does that take me? So that, um, so there's, if we're working with CAN's D2C department, um, it will take them, and their goal is to drive more users to their D2C landing page. Uh, so it will take you to their direct-to-consumer Portal where you can actually place an order and look at different deals that they have uh, for the month. And you have to place an order and get it delivered and enjoy a tasty beverage uh, without any alcohol in it. So I just want to really hit this
0: home. The idea that a non-cannabis consumer can be targeted and engaged with on a non-cannabis platform. They didn't come there looking for cannabis. So nope. they got funneled directly to the brand's website, which, by the way, is gorgeous. If you want to go check out can it is, it is. They purchased something on the Internet. That has weed in it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm using the example of can, but this could be flowers. This could be vapes. It could be. Sure, yeah, it could be anything. And it was delivered to her. Yeah. This is where we are today. <laughs> This is where we are, but a lot of people don't know that yet. And I think it's going to be remarkable when people hear that what we're talking about is the full internet life cycle of a customer and tracking that. And then the next thing that you're going to say, which is you retarget everyone, which is then whether they make a purchase then or not, you follow them around the internet forever. So um It's very, very powerful and something that's very commonplace in most of the world, in most industries, but to achieve it in cannabis is, is remarkable.
1: It is, it is. And we, when we, when we entered the industry, we didn't, we didn't think that, you know, that was actually possible. I mean, you know, it was being done, but we did not think that it would be possible to do it in a manner where that one user could be attributed to uh, that one purchase or sale. Um, you know, that's that was the piece that was missing, was the attribution. Um, and, you know, a lot of, lot of these brands who were spending money within programmatic, they were kind of like living in a black box, right? So they, they didn't know if, you know, their organic um, customers were being targeted. They did not know um, if where the traffic was coming from. Um, And, you know, we've actually seen a lot of bot traffic coming from India and Thailand, which are on these click farms. Um, You know, a lot of times people are just wasting their money. Um, And so we we started to put all these kind of restrictive, I would say, deliverables in place. So what that means is, you know, we're first checking for fraud. Um, so that you're not wasting your money. Second, we tighten the attribution window. So what that means is, you know, a lot of times in programmatic, if someone clicks on your ad, um, and or sees your ad, and then you know, they see another ad somewhere else. This could be another channel the brand could be using, and they come in through that channel. A lot of times, programmatic vendors would attribute that as their as their um, customer. But that should not be the case. So we decided to kind of like tweak a lot of things and, you know, give all the advertisers and brands a, a, a more kind of like level-headed depiction of where exactly it's coming from rather than very inflated, real asses and, you know, just attributing everything to our um, to our efforts. Yeah, smart, smart. Um so when did you found this company?
0: How how long are you in now?
1: So we did the beta in 2019 um and um, like towards the end of 2019. Um and then we officially launched um in February of uh, 2020. So which was which was it's a funny timing because that's when everyone is on lockdown, everyone's freaking the fuck out. Um I don't know if I can curse on this, but uh can, yeah, um everyone was freaking out and but it it kind of it you know but there's a lot of money being pumped into the cannabis industry at that time because everyone's staying at home getting high or bringing their anxiety levels down by taking certain edibles um and you know i think i think that did give a boost to you know, delivery services um, popping up everywhere, as well as, um, you know, there was something to be said about clean and hygienic delivery as well, or that interaction. And, you know, there were brands that picked up on that, there were retailers that picked up on that, the ones that did not, they were weeded out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it's, (laughs) Um, look, this industry is still going through a tremendous transition. And that's, impacting all kinds of people in all kinds of different roles right for a while it was like a distributor was a dude with a car that was willing to take a risk right and now we call that a distributor but um and and the same goes across the supply chain um, so you started roughly a year and a half ago let's say something like, correct right yeah uh, it's going quite well, um, really well. And, and I know a um, a lot about the company. Uh, I won't reveal everything. Obviously, we work together quite closely, but give us some sense of the scale, or you know, growth, or however you want to quantify it today.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, when we, when we started our our first, I would say first two quarter, our revenue was not more than thirty k. Uh, we had two accounts. Uh, we we you know, it was, it was a learning phase for us as well. And, um, you know, we, we made some adjustments, we got some feedback and we, you know, retained those clients, but then used that as a case study to now grow out to have I'm kind of blanking out, but we have close to 20 clients now, um, you know, including some of the larger brands, um, in within pre-roll edible and beverage space name drops so, throw a few out there who, who can- so yeah obviously you know i mentioned can we which is a beverage brand um rapidly growing delicious tasting um, so we help them uh start their d2c um, We've been working with MedMen and Drew Martin. Uh, we're doing a lot of co-branding activi- activity between the. Drew uh, Martin's an interesting two. one. It's like a pre-roll that has other herbs in it, right? I don't think it ever happened. <laughs> right, one. it's no. it's something you you know it's beautiful. It's beautifully packaged. The artwork is amazing. It's something you take to a party or give as a gift. You know, right. it's one it's one of those. It's right. uh, you you pull that package out and everyone is going to ask, you know, <laughs> what are you smoking? Interesting. Um, so Drew Martin, MedMen. Uh, we've been working with Artet, which is um, I would say you know it's, it's more of a liqueur. They also have their you know kind of like small cans. Um, we um, that they've, they've been an excellent client, and you know they have uh, very uh, very aggressive growth plans, so which is great. So we've been helping them on their DTC side as well as doing co-branding activities with certain uh, sort of dispensaries. So what co-branding means uh, for your viewers is we are partnering with certain retailers and dispensaries and, uh, tr- and driving users into those stores to buy a certain brand's product. So a lot of times what happens, the brand would pay for that, but uh, dispensaries would end up matching the cost of media. Um, ju- and it's a win-win for them because you know they're getting foot traffic and the brands are getting sales. So that's how we kind of... Um, Get those partnerships going. We're we're currently signed with uh, we currently signed Glass House Group, uh, so we'll be doing quite a bit of those activities with them. Um, we are in the process of uh, helping out Kikoko. We're working with Mountain Remedy, which is in the Bay Area, great delivery service. Um, we are forming partnerships with a few other delivery services. And I'll have a question th- about the
0: the partnership because um, that's another way that. Look, the best cannabis software businesses in the world are all connected, basically. Right. If you look at what's happened with Dutchie and Greenbits, uh, and if you combine that with headset as well as OnFleet, um yeah, I think there's just this missing piece in the I mean, you can add maybe like Spring Brig to that or Alpine IQ. You know, these are all players that add a lot of value, but from a programmatic standpoint, or uh, again from a driving traffic standpoint look there are competitors um and that should be well noted but this is not a new business right <laughs> that that's the thing like this is not a um a new business this is just a new vertical for it and so like you need somebody that has a lot of experience and
1: if someone tells you that you know they're just getting started like well <laughs> that's not a good thing. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. And I, I think, I think, you know, there, 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 will be a bit of a, um, a shakedown, right. Um, as you know, we, we have like 16 States now, I think there are recreational, um, 35 where it's legal. Um, some, and, some medical or something. Yeah. Some, yeah. And, um, you know, once, once it's federally legal, which is you know, still light years away, um, or could happen, uh, sooner rather than later. Um, you know, w- Joey's we're not sp- looking so good. Joey's huh? not- I said, Joey's not looking so good. So, uh, right. I, I don't, know I, I don't know. I don't know. You could get either way. Um, but, but, you know, we're we already started seeing like your, uh, a, a big consolidation, right. Or acquisitions. And, you know, we, you're seeing constellation brands, you've seen Altria, um, you know, getting involved and, you know, there, there will be a bit of a shakedown. Like, you know, if you don't have a good brand recognition or presence, you know, cultivation or agriculture side of the business, you know, that that's going to go into kind of like big farmers um, or some of these bigger brands. Um, production, obviously, whoever has the best infrastructure at the lowest cost. But then at the end of the day, the way for you to kind of survive and make it sustainable is having that brand presence. So I think that's one of the key things Absolutely. that a lot of people need to learn about. Absolutely. Um,
0: you know, one of the things that I love about working with you guys and and, and sort of your, your company as a whole is that this has not required a lot of startup capital. And I think a lot of people listening to this show, they have this model in mind of venture capital and sort of like the perfect cookie cutter, you know, we're going to Raise a seed and then an A and then a B and then a C and then we're an IPO, you know, and like it just never works that way. Um, and I don't know whether you're comfortable or not, but I know you've put a very small amount of money into this company so far. And that's extremely impressive, you know, and um, that should not be understated. My, the, the reason that I'm heading down this road is do you need to raise money in this business? Do you want to raise money in this business? Like, where's your head at in terms of that?
1: Um, so I mean, you know, we we're already getting approached by quite a few VC companies um, and seed investors. Um, we 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 don't want to dilute our equity at all at this point. Um, we're we're doing just fine with our organic growth. Yes, we can we can take that money. We can hire fifty people to do sales, and you know, but. We, we don't need that right now. Right. We, we have a proof of concept. We have an excellent team. We have a great portfolio of brands. I mean, I'd say like some of the largest brands are working with us uh, for us being not size of like, you know, some of the other players that are have hundred people, but you know, that's where you kind of lose that intimate touch with um, your clients. And, you know, I, I want to be on, I want to be on all the calls with all my clients and at some day I would probably need to step back from that, but I want to know what's going on. And um, that's very important to me. Um, I think what we're looking to do with this is we want to find a strategic company that would acquire us and we would be their, you know, cannabis marketing arm. So that could be either one of the bigger agencies or a tech company, um, yeah. Yeah. Or it could be one of the big conglomerates. Um, We don't know yet.
0: Do you even think about a a timeline or is that, is that too far in the future to think
1: about? I think a sweet spot for us would be when it's all becoming federally legal. Um, I think that'd be our sweet spot, but I mean, we're open. Um, So yeah, let's see, let's see where it goes. You know, as I said, like, I'm, I'm not a person like sets like very hard goals. I, I like, for things to develop organically. So
0: you're an experimenter. Um your your professional life is as your personal life is, I think. (laughs) You're you're a a tamperer. I say that in the best way possible. I I am too. Um, Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about you. I like to hear about sort of the the person behind the business. Um do you remember your
1: first experience with cannabis? (laughs) Do I? Um yeah, so I was in eighth grade. You know, I grew up in Pakistan, so we we had access to cannabis, but we, we never had Ash. access to flour. Oh, flour it, was, yeah. it was all hash. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes it would be mixed with opium. Um, and that's a whole different story. But <laughs> um, but um, I remember it was, eight, you know, I was in eighth grade. Um, one of my friends ended up scoring some ecstasy pills and obviously I had weed, didn't tell us. Threw a party at his place. His parents were gone. And that was my first time ever taking ecstasy. Um, And I was fucking tripping balls, obviously, dancing to. I actually remember the album is a Paul Oakenfold album I was listening to. We were listening to. um, And we were just dancing. It's just like six, seven of us. Um, And uh, I started, you know, kind of feeling a bit nauseous. So one of my buddies lit up this joint, passed around. I thought it was a clove cigarette. So (laughs) I smoked it. And I was hard. <laughs> I, I, I was on cloud nine, man. I, I was hugging the toilet, wouldn't stop puking. And uh, yeah, that was my first time ever smoking. Wow. A joint. So,
0: <laughs> so you did ecstasy before you smoked weed? Exactly. So I what are telling us is that ecstasy is the gateway drug? For me? Yes, <laughs> it was.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Um, that was at what age? Um I was thirteen then. Uh you know, since then i You're thirteen. Yeah, oh I was thirteen. God, That's wild. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um and you know, since then I've yeah, I, I mean I, I smoked, you know, hash quite a bit in Pakistan. I moved to college and then I was uh Where did you my, go to college? I went to University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. So, okay. I, so I moved, moved from here at age 18, 17. 17. I moved to Dallas, Texas uh, with my aunt for a little bit because I graduated from high school early and uh, you know took my exams and whatnot. And I wanted to experience real America. You know, I I knew I was going to end up in a big city so i wanted to go experience the cornfields and the frats and this and that and whatever you see on you know on the movies yeah so i picked illinois i didn't know anyone so i was like yeah that's perfect i don't know anyone uh this is going to be a huge shock which i'm which that's and what your i wanted english
0: was great or how was your english
1: um i i would say still not great but uh oh your you english know, is perfect what are you talking about i i, I had i had a bit of an accent because I, I did spend the latter half of my education at British schools. So I had a mix uh-huh. of like British American, American accent, um, and Pakistani accent, of course, um, which has changed quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I, I, I went to college, uh, which is great. I absolutely loved Illinois. Um, everything uh, you could have hoped for, like the exactly. Frat? I was in the middle of cornfields. Uh, it was a beautiful school. You know, I joined a frat, uh-huh. um, I took it over, um, did a coup, um, and, uh, yeah. And then, you know, my, my sophomore year or my junior year, I moved in, uh, with, uh, this interesting character. I'm not going to name him. I, he's still one of my best friends. Um, we haven't been in touch, uh, for quite some time though. Uh, but he was, he was the biggest dealer on campus. Uh, so he would get his supplies from Chicago and he w- he had a distribution network. He would show up with like pounds of bags and, um, You know, people would show up to our place, grab their share, and then it would be spread out throughout the whole campus. Um, So we we had just weed laying around. It was it was abundant. It was everywhere, and we'd have randos just chilling at our apartment all the time.
0: It's a fraternity, like yeah.
1: No, no, it was an apartment, but it looked like a fucking fraternity. Um. So so there's you know to to the point where I was. My, my roommate, he was very generous, so he would just like hand me a bunch of stuff and I would barter it for other stuff, like for class notes, for someone doing my laundry, for <laughs> a bunch of different Whatever. It's uh, like cigarettes in prison, you know, exactly, exactly. And, and you know, I was, uh, I I I, I, was, I was, I was, I was waking, baking, I was a functioning pothead. And then I didn't do that well in college. I was getting high most of the time. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, exactly. Or and partying. I was missing my finals. I was, I was, it was a mess. But I was having a great time. Great fucking time. Right. That's, and, that's my
0: story, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I mean, after after that, like I was like, oh, okay, I didn't do that well. I need to figure my shit out. I need to get into grad school. So I'm gonna stop smoking for a month. So my roommate at that time and I took a pledge. He was taking his LSAT, he was going to law school. So we we decided to stop smoking, drinking, doing any drugs and for a month and just study hard. And I realized, wow, like it was, it was a different way of looking at things. I just, for the last four years, my, I was just foggy, you know, cause I was smoking that much. So I stopped and then, you know, got into grad school. I tried getting back into cannabis and I would get this crazy anxiety. Um, and you know, and that's,
0: where were you in grad
1: school? uh, Arizona. I went to Thunderbird, which is an international business school. Um, and, uh, at that time, yeah, I was, you know, that's the time I parted ways with cannabis and I, I, I recently got introduced to it because I have bad insomnia. I have like this brain that races all the time. I wake up in the middle of the night and start writing emails. Um, so my girlfriend who and my better half, Marissa, she's, she's an attorney, same thing. She works like 12 hours a day, brain races all the time. And her mom started sending us gummies. Um, and she has a medical card. So we're on the East coast, you know, we, we don't have access for everything, but she was send us these 30 milligram gummies, which spoiled us. Um, so now we, that's all we do. We just, you know, when we end our day at eight o'clock at night, we're taking gummies, watching some hilarious TV shows, drinking some wine, and laughing a lot. And I, I remember you actually sent me uh, cough syrup. Yeah. One well, time. <laughs> well, it's not exactly cough syrup. What's the name? It of looked that? like a cough.
0: I kind of want to interview him. It's so interesting. Um, <sighs> I forgot. Oh, man. I but that, that thing was dangerous. Yeah. So the law in California is that everything has to be individually packaged in ten milligram increments. But all edibles, but they're right. not an edible and they're not a smokable they're like this cough syrup kind of product and so right. there's like 500 milligrams in a bottle or something and it's fucking nuts yeah it's it's like fuck you up juice man it's really no
1: dude like i i i took a couple of tinctures one time and i was seeing stuff like i didn't I, take it
0: i just said i just gave it to you yeah um try yeah it out. I'll, I'll try it i guess uh, edibles like hit me pretty hard so we'll see but um Good stuff, man. This has been fun. Um, yeah. We, we're we so blessed to live in a time where cannabis is becoming relevant. And look at what it has done for you. It's brought you back in a whole different way, like both professionally and personally. Um, it's so cool to be in that moment. One of the coolest things about that, at least from my perspective, is there are so many options for consumers. Like you can go to the store, you can go online. If you're in the right state, you know, you oh, can get course. so much awesome stuff, right? Tell us a few of your favorite brands or what you would gravitate towards. Obviously you have customers, so you can
1: say them if you want, but, um, you know, you know, what's sad is, uh, I have not been able to try any of my customers' brands because I haven't, I, most most of my customers are in California. Um, the, 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 the larger ones, yes. Like, you know, I've tried Cuba, um, which is great. Um, I, you know, what we actually, they're not our customer, but wild. We've been taking a lot of gummies. Oh, wow. They're they're, so their, their products are excellent. Um, for and more, then, yeah,
0: they're amazing. Yeah.
1: And then I was in Denver for a month prior to here, Montana. Um, I was constantly getting these chocolates from nineteen oh six. They're fucking delicious. You can't even tell they're cannabis chocolates, Wow, yeah, try them out and they knock you out
0: yeah i uh I like a candy bar. They've been on the show before years ago called Desfonce, um which means high in French, kind of yeah, but um, yeah, they make an amazing dark chocolate bar, which I just really, really love um, how big? Can this business be man I, I like if I put my investor hat on the first objection will be it's too hard to invest in service businesses, right? That's like one of the main pushbacks of this business, like how big can this business
1: be? Are you talking specifically about our business yeah 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 yeah, um our agency, yeah, so oh about the cannabis
0: industry well we can we can pull yeah, we can talk on about that. that. But but yeah no
1: I'm at the flower agency. So, I mean, again, it depends, right? I, there's a lot of need for this. I mean, we we we'd like to be in every single state. Um, We we would like to go international. um, But it's it's a very lucrative business, right? Because you don't, as you said, like you don't you don't have to invest much capital, barely in expenses. Yeah. Well, we've kept it that way. There, there are players out there. There are agencies out there who to their detriment. Yeah, exactly. Who are are not, not approaching it in a very smart way. And they're just throwing a bunch of money at it thinking that, yeah, it's going to grow. But yeah, I mean, this, it's a tough question, but at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of need. And especially once everything is going to pivot towards Legalization. I'll
0: uh, ask the question differently. And I think you answered it earlier, but I want to touch on it again. Like you see this as a very valuable acquisition in the midterm, correct? Yeah. 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 And and that's where I was going. Uh, so I think if you're listening to this show, um, not necessarily thinking, oh, how do I invest in equity in this company? But there may be other ways uh to be more creative. You know, um, and if you are in a position to talk about acquisitions, you're in an MSO or something like that, like founders always tell you the story of like, we're going to be a billion dollar unicorn. Right. And like, that's not actually how money is made. Like, that's super super rare. Right. And so um, I just I always try to get the audience to just think a little differently. And like today's episode is not about writing an angel check. Right. It's a different kind of conversation.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, for us, I mean, a lot, a lot of these bigger agencies, you know, your publicists or IPGs and Densus, you know, at, at some point they would want to pivot towards cannabis once it's legal. And, you know, they, they have two options, right? They could either start their own arm and go through all the learnings and try to find that perfect team to build it out, or they could go after someone like us. Um, that already has the expertise, the client base, and it's just a matter of acquisition. Um, and, that and that's way- the reason, and we haven't
0: named them yet, but there's a competitor that's raised a lot of money. That's the reason that you don't want to overraise, right? Because then when someone comes knocking and says, I'd like to buy you,
1: you're a reasonable price. Oh, exactly. Exactly. You've, yeah. And then, you know, we, we don't want to grow that big we, we, we have the opportunity to do that. We we just don't want to do that at this point.
0: Right. And I think it's very smart. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, um, it's so tempting to take that big bite and take that big ride. And, and, and I would argue that it's almost never the right decision.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 You no, know, but I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, of course you're familiar with Ben Horowitz but I don't know if you've read his book before The Hard Thing About Hard Things um but like that's how you succeed is doing the hard thing not by saying oh well if i take this huge check we raise a bunch of money we hire a bunch of people i don't have to do much work but we may be done in 18 months you know oh,
1: Absolutely like, that's really it's, the truth that's the truth it's, it's it's easy to blow through that money you know you can you can take your private jets here and there you can You know, you can throw crazy parties and, you know, have your fun with someone else's money. But there's a different thrill about kind of working for it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It it means a lot.
0: And and as an advisor, as somebody that just does his best to help you guys, like, it makes it more interesting. It's like, hey, like. We have to really make this work, you know? It's like not like, oh, well, we'll just like do this, you know? Like it's not like that. And I've been around so many venture capital-backed companies that just like don't really care. It's like being a super rich kid and your dad yeah. doesn't care, you and, know? And,
1: and And you you know, you've seen this firsthand. You we know, we, we've we been pitted against, we've gone head-to-head with these big VC-backed, you know, marketing agencies. And we've won the business you know, yeah. from them, yeah, and 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 there's a reason, you know, why those clients ended up working with us. It's a, obviously the num- you know, we're we're a number driven company, so numbers are talking. Uh, B is the communication, and C it's just like instead of getting like a one account manager who talks to you once a week and has certain attitude you know, you're getting all hands on deck. We're coming up with, you know, multiple different solutions if something is not working. You know, yeah. we're we're not in the business of just spending people's money here. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I think that's I think, the main difference.
0: The, the reason that I'm hammering home that point so much is because I think it will resonate with a lot of people that have been surviving in the cannabis industry for a long time, right? Like, they don't know what it's like to have a corporate account from Wall Street. You know, it's all about like, do the dollars make sense? And we're happy to still be here. It's changing a little bit. You know, there's bigger MSOs and everything, but most cannabis companies in the world are still struggling. And so when they have these partners come in with all this money, it's kind of like, well, who's helping who here? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, the weird dynamic sometimes.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, you, you've got Wall Street or your investors just kind of writing you to achieve certain goals when you're compromising your values for that. Um, yes. So yeah. your, you know. your
0: values or literally value for the company, right? Oh, like, exactly. Or the vision yeah. You, yeah. you started
1: the company. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, as, a, as I touched upon this earlier, like we started the company because we saw a lot of inefficiencies, right? We, we saw no accountability and that was our first, you know, mantra. It's like, Hey, let's go in to this with that in mind. That what kind of service these other people are getting, and we want to change that. So, um, you know, it's at the end of the day, you know, that's that's very important. And you've you've heard me say this on calls all the time. Like, you know, I've I've I've, I've no rules in in the company, but I have one rule that I follow very strictly is if a client is reaching out to you. Respond back, acknowledge your emails, you know, within the next two hours, at least. Uh, that's the most important thing. That's the only thing I get irritated about, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I, you know, that's, it just kind of shows that we're, we're, we're kind of approaching it in a very different fashion and that, that goes a long ways with a lot of our clients.
0: I think that's extremely well said, and I think that's as good a place to wrap up as any. Um, How can the audience help you? I mean, obviously, if you have a company uh, that you'd like to market, a B2C company, uh, we know how to do that. You know how to do that. Uh, Absolutely. The website is, uh, what is it, theflower.agency? Is that right? Theflower.agency. That's our website. Check it out. And um, you and I have a lot of really exciting things uh, coming up. Uh, I don't know if we want to reveal them all at once, but um, there's exciting integrations upcoming of the real world variety, not not the technology variety. A- and uh, it's going to be fun, man. It, you continue to impress me as an entrepreneur. I don't say that Thank lightly. You. And um, thanks for being on the show, man. It was really fun. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me over. And uh, yeah it's, it's always great chatting with you. Dude, are you like on Easter Island right now? Like, what
1: what is behind you? <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, it's just uh, this. And like, I've got a fire pit here. I'm I'm at this like crazy fucking motel. Uh, it's really cool. It's like so well done. It's like super it's very yeah the details here are crazy like i'm leaving this in the, in the
0: episode it's really cool and we're gonna put a bunch of b-roll of montana in the background and shit oh in absolutely place,
1: you know? yeah yeah anyway, people, man. people should go out and explore man like this is a time you know everyone's been sitting at home and working from home just just go work in a different state and explore america it's a it's a, it's a great company it's that country it's vast and uh, yeah show some appreciation for for this land it's great
0: i love that man thanks for watching guys see you next time